PR Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young on location this week in New York City, the Big Apple. It's the CWCB Expo. It's the seventh annual expo at New York's Javits Center for the CWCB. We're certainly happy to be here. And you never know who you're going to run into. Old friend Scott Jordan, Babson class of 78, if I remember correctly. Remory, Jimmy. Right. You are right on the money, baby. He's a proud... I'm telling everybody my age, though. I was hoping to be able to pass for a little younger. But you've let the cat out of the bag. I'm out of the closet now, huh? You're out of the cannabis closet and you're out of the age closet. Okay. Uh, tell us about Alternative Financing Network. This is your thing. You have a great reputation about raising money. I think the total was 80 million plus the last I checked. And uh, you're back at it again. And tell us a little bit about how you built your business. So uh, we started with a concept. I had worked for two other companies uh, starting in 2013. And um, Decided that after the second one didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, to go out on my own. I had the connections. I had the network. What I've done is I've done, I've made miracles with very little money. And uh, what I've done is I've put together a network of lenders that will lend into the cannabis space. And they total now over 112 lenders. And I've got everything from sale leaseback money to M&A money to uh, just uh, equipment, real estate loans, sale leaseback. And what we do is we provide a matchmaking service, basically. We take a borrower and we connect them up with a lender and we take a small piece of the transaction as our fee for connecting them up. And our money does not uh, have uh, warrants or equity associated with it, so it's just straight debt. And uh, we now have been able to penetrate the banking market because many of the banks are trying to quietly get into the space. They don't want to raise their hand and say, we're in, we're in. So the regulators come and slap them down. And so we provide um, the cover for the bank, so to speak. And we go ahead and we go out and we find borrowers that need money. We vet them. We make sure they fit into their box. And then we bring them cleaned up to the bank and the bank can then go ahead and underwrite and fund these deals because several of the banks have told us they've got to get rid of a lot of money before the end of the year and so it's a great time to be borrowing if somebody needs uh, more than a million dollars which is our minimum criteria come see me because um, the money is out there we're just looking for good homes for it that are going to repay the loans on time. We all know that access to capital has been the biggest barrier to entry for many entrepreneurs in the cannabis space. It's, it's probably the sweet spot that you probably identified as a problem. I know how to solve it, so I'm going to go out and do this, and this is how you built your business. And yet, you, it's got to be frustrating because, as you know, still federally illegal. The Safe Banking Act continues to pass the House and gets stalled in the Senate. We have a very... Uh, Bipartisan, or it would be a partisan divide oh, yeah. in our in our federal government, and yet you're still finding the American Banking Association, for instance, and their lobbying group wants to open the doors to the industry, but continues to get it slapped in their face because it's still Schedule One and, and federally illegal. How do you work your magic, if you will, Scott, and get bankers to say, you know what, I hear what you're doing, we want to work with you? 
So we've been fortunate in that I got started in the industry back in 2009. So I wouldn't say I know everybody, but I know a heck of a lot of people. And I go to the shows. I show up as as uh, as you've noted. I'm I'm everywhere. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm out there and I'm hearing from people that are reaching out to me in some cases, or I'm reaching out to them. And, and uh, when I see that they're doing banking, I then ask, Are you doing lending? Would you like to do lending? Um, you know, how can we look at working together? So it's really developing relationships. LinkedIn has been a tremendous uh, help for me. I really like that. I see when people are moving. I follow posts. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Scott Jordan at LinkedIn. Um, and it's really keeping your ear to the ground. One of the things that was counterintuitive that I heard a long time ago from a guy by the name of Eben Pagan, who's an internet marketer extraordinaire, he says, focus on the niche. Within the niche, you can get rich. And so it seems counterintuitive because I get deals all the time, apartment buildings, you know, uh, hotels, other things, and I turn them down. I say, if it's not cannabis involved, I don't want to be involved because I know, I, again, I wouldn't say every deal, but I see a heck of a lot of deals out there um, that are being shopped or that are looking for homes. And so because of that, I've got that inside knowledge that you wouldn't get unless you're, you know, knee deep in the, in the, in the uh, cannabis pond. So I stay focusing on cannabis. I, I do good, clean business. Uh, people are happy with the results. Uh, we charge, I think, a fair uh, rate for, you know, obtaining capital. And we make people's dreams come true. I mean, that's what I really like. I like uh, making people's dreams come true. In fact, uh, because of, uh, of a relationship that I have, I went out to Bayshore and ate breakfast with a guy uh, at Peter Pan. And I thought, Peter Pan used to be my favorite, uh, you know, uh, legendary cartoon during the day. And it was just really nice, you know, uh, making, helping this, this particular guy is looking for a $30 million revolving line. He's a lender and uh, thinks that the credit unions that he's dealing with in your home state, Massachusetts, are the answer. And that's how people do business. I said, no, the way that my guys do business is they're not going to be looking over your shoulder at every single deal. They're not going to be uh, evaluating taking three or four weeks. They're going to give you a set of criteria, and if it fits, you're good. If it doesn't fit, and there's one exception, maybe. But it's not going to be a situation where you have to, they have to underwrite every single deal and, and hold you out for three or four weeks because the business is moving too fast. Business is moving too fast, indeed. The industry is not slowing down, although it takes forever to make little steps at the federal level. It's one. Of, it's a weird thing, right? In in each state, it's fast, right? But try to get anything accomplished at the federal level, and it's taking months. Oh no, make that years just to get to the starting line, just to get it onto the floor. So we're still, I think, years away from a full legalization platform. But where do you think? will be able to push any kind of cannabis reform in the next two to three years. I do not think it's going to happen before the midterms. That's for sure. Right. Well, you know, New York just came out and said it was going to be 18 months at least, right. okay, which means 36 months probably to get just New York State, you know, where they've already passed it, just get the rules and the... It took Massachusetts two years after the voters voted to open up their first two dispensaries. Right. So, and Massachusetts is a small state compared to New York. New York does seem to be more motivated at the leadership level 
than Massachusetts did. And of course, you have to look at every state at the how it how it works because first the voters have to vote it in, and then a regulatory board has to come in, and then you know that's either appointed or whatever. It always takes time to create the regulations that will dictate the industry, and that you know I think people in the industry want it to happen yesterday. Of course, every everybody does, and I think you know to answer your question, I think it will be a state by state type of. Uh, deregulation or legalization. I don't see the federal government uh, approving uh, countrywide um, legalization, but I think what they'll do is they'll take the brakes off and let the states make their own decision, and the states are going to start lobbying hard because now you've got the data out. You've got the tax revenue. You can see the growth. You can see that kids haven't been negatively affected. You can see all those things, and then, of course, making it during the pandemic an essential service I think really, you know, opens up the door, you know, wide for that. It is a perfect storm of policy movement and reform going on right now. In many, in many ways, it's just perhaps not as fast as the industry would work. And you mentioned it. You know, the lead story on our news is going to be New York thought it would be 2022. Oops, we're going to push it to 2023. But we welcome everybody here to the state. I just heard the lieutenant governor say that. <laughs> we really want to welcome you in. But it's going to take some time for us to get us to our act together. And that is typical of every state's rollout program. I think the only state that, two states, that perhaps did it differently and may regret it, one was Arizona basically gave every medical dispensary an opportunity to go adult use, and that immediately opened up the adult market. Oklahoma just gave licenses to anybody who was breathing, right. you know, and perhaps that wasn't the right way to do it either. That being said, New York is trying to do it the right way. They'd love to be the state that says, well, we got it right. That's, new, that's the New York way, right? Of course. Yo, you know, that's, you know, forget about it. Otherwise, hey, yo, right, hey, yo. Yeah. Um, help, me, help out people that may listen to my podcast that may not be as savvy uh, about funding and fundraising as you are, and certainly as I am. Um, that would not be difficult on my end. Um, you know, you throw out terms like debt, fi debt financing and non-equity and percentage. Basically, it's loaning money to businesses at a rate that the business can afford to pay back. Correct? That is how, again, what I'm looking for is non-traditional ways to finance companies. And what are the different ways? Sure. So, first of all, it's not, the interest rate is not based on can the company afford it or not. The interest rate is based on what the lender is borrowing at, what his markup is on that and to make a fair profit, and, you know, to cover some overhead. So, that's... Who decides what's fair, Scott? The, the lender does. I mean, it's just like, hey, you know, if I want to lend you 100 bucks right now to go and, uh, you know, uh, do something... I might decide five bucks at the end of the day is fair. I might decide five bucks at the end of the month is fair. You know, it depends on how bad you need the money. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, is what people don't realize until very recently, and I think we're the first company that's broken the bank line where we are representing banks, credit unions, and life insurance companies to help them place their money into good homes that they feel comfortable in that are not going to cause them issues. And so the banks get their money almost for free because what do they pay on deposits? You know, 10 basis points, 20 basis points. So they've got the lowest cost of capital of anybody. The next is the life insurance companies that have very low cost of capital because they've got all the deposits, all the premiums are sitting in an account that's earning them 10 or 20 basis points. So they like the yield. And 
what we're finding is that everybody is chasing yield right now. Uh, I had a conversation actually right after we met in Massachusetts last month with a very large leasing company, and they were telling me during COVID they got devastated because sales dropped 30 40%. And uh, he was calling me up, or actually, I reached out to him on LinkedIn. I didn't really re remember who he was. He reached out to me, set an appointment. The first question I asked him was, so why did you set the appointment with me? He said, because I've been following you for years. It looks like you're you know, a leader in the finance industry. Would you pay me a referral fee for deals that I send to you? I was like, I, I, I could do that, but I could go one better. He goes, tell me. I said, how about getting you a line of credit with a bank that you could then lend out your own money, use your existing infrastructure, use your existing people, and be a leader in the field here and have the lowest possible rates. He goes, that sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? I said, no catch. I mean, you know, we'd like to get a line out to you. And by the way, give me an idea of what your existing line is with, you know, on your non-cannabis business. He said $300 million. I almost dropped the phone. I mean, uh, you know, I've done 80 million in seven years. He's talking about quadrupling what I've done in one deal. And we found out that uh, my, my bank is going to be 75 basis points less than he's currently paying. So it's a triple win. He's going to get a lower line of credit on his large line. He's going to get a can-of-friendly line where he can lend to cannabis businesses. And he's going to get the support of <coughs> excuse me, a very large bank that really likes um, his model and really likes the fact that he's in 31 states with people. So it's all happening, not as quick as everybody would like, but it is, uh, it, you know, it is moving closer. And the attitudes are also better amongst both lenders and also underwriters and chief credit officers, especially back east. You know, it used to be, oh, my gosh, it was like, you know, you were selling cocaine or something and, uh, or crack. And now people are, like, taking it kind of for granted. I even walked into... Uh, a store, I was um, staying in Times Square, some store called Weed World, where they're selling eights. They're selling, I'm like, are you guys a dispensary? Well, no, we don't really consider ourselves a dispensary. We're really a store. I'm like, they're illegal, Scott. Come on, I, cut to the chase. That's what I figured. We call them the legacy market at this point because the prosecutors don't want to prosecute anymore. Right? No, no, they don't. And, and now you're in that gray area of regulation where they're waiting for regulators. They're not, they don't exist yet, so yet there's a market. The legacy market has come out of the closet, so to speak, and right. into the storefront. And if you want it, you get it. You know, it's not tested. Right, that's the, that's the key. Right, I, I didn't like that. You know, I and I looked at the weed, and it didn't look like it was quality Colorado weed. Now, I'm from Colorado, so you're spoiled. We grow some pretty good weed out there, I think, and it didn't look like that kind of weed. So I was like, nah, I don't think so. This is that gray area in between the regulations and the non-regulations. It allows the legacy market to kind of, you know, what we'd like for that store is to contact you to get them the line of credit or the loan that they need to apply for the license the, the right way, get their stuff tested, and turn the legacy into the legal market. Sure. No, that uh, I want that. That would be uh, that would be ideal. And to go back to your question, uh, you know, in terms of what do people do, I would say probably the top three things that someone should do is have their financial house in order, have the paperwork, have your personal financial statement, 
have your income statement, have the other documents that, uh, that are needed to present well. Second thing is, is make sure you're talking to the right person. As a borrower, you should be asking the lender questions or, or the funding source, because not everybody's a lender. There's a lot of guys out there that are vulture capitalists, sometimes disguised oh, I got that. as I capitalists. I, I picked yeah. up. You like that vulture? I, I, I don't like the term, but I understand its concept here. And I actually know a few venture capitalists that are actually good people. At they least, are. you know, so, I, you know, needless to say, there are good people everywhere and there are bad people everywhere. Yes. It's just you have to weed them, weed them weed out, them right, out. right, yes. weed them out. Uh, Scott Jordan, how do people find you in order to take advantage of your alternative financial opportunities? Uh, probably my website, which is uh, www.alternativefinancenetwork.com. Um, S. Jordan at alternativefinancenetwork.com or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm the second favorite Scott Jordan there. There's a more famous one uh, from Scotty Vest, but if you put in Scott Jordan, Denver Marijuana, boom. LinkedIn brings me right to the top. So I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to see if I can help you grow the business. It's been an exciting ride since 2009, and the best is yet to come, Jimmy. Absolutely. The best is yet to come. Absolutely. That's Scott Jordan from Alternative Financial Network. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. This has been a very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our content that's out there. And there is more that we produce than anybody in this space. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge, and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Cannabis Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Cannabis Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.